Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, in Ahmaduhu, and a stain of who, and a stuck for who, and not mean to be he when a tobacco alay. When I'll be lie, he means Shuruli and Fusina, women say at Malina. May the law who fell, Mozilla, or may you little who fell a hardiella. When I shall do Allah, Ilaha, Illa, who was the Hula Shadikala. When I shall do Anna Sayyidina, was Sanadina, was Shafi, and a Mohammedan Abduhu, or a Sulu. Amma Bad. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وذكر فإن ذكرة تنفع المؤمنين صدق الله العظيم اللهم صل وسلم وبارك وارحم على عبدك ورسولك سيدنا محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وسلم تسليما uh, a couple of announcements before I begin tonight and inshallah I'll probably have to make these announcements again in the middle uh, we had a little bit of an internet problem in the beginning. I think, inshallah ta'ala, that that is resolved now. Uh, and the second thing is that tonight will be the last live broadcast. Uh, and because uh, we'll begin traveling uh, in about 48 hours, inshallah, and the rest of Ramadan I will be in one journey or the other. But we will, from time to time, broadcast and upload uh, different talks. Uh, and so those of you who want to receive those talks you can go to the website and sign up uh, the website is islamicspirituality.org and sign up using the link there to different whatsapp groups uh, and inshallah we will continue different talks in this series uh, throughout the month of ramadan as you know the team is also trying to upload the previous talk recordings for you uh, and i've asked all of them to focus first and foremost on their own ibadat and families in ramadan and whatever spare extra time they can use to perform that service for everyone and so they are gradually going to continue to do that inshallah so tonight i actually am going to be giving the concluding talk of the series but I will, uh, so the concluding talk of the series entitled The Humanity and Humility uh, of the Prophets, you know, exploring their du'as in Qur'an al-Kareem. All of the Prophets, alayhi salam ajma'in. That said, even though tonight will be the concluding talk, I will actually, from time to time, upload the remaining installments of the talk as well as uh, continue with the Gems of the Quran series inshallah and perhaps every now and then still offer a Ramadan reminder although now alhamdulillah because we are enter the 12th night and 12th day of Ramadan we should no longer really need reminders uh, and I think all of us are alhamdulillah fully aware and cognizant of the fact that we are in the month of Ramadan all right it may even be, Allahu Alam, I'm not sure if I'll be able to do this, but we may even broadcast, but that will be at random times depending where I am. And in that case, and those of you who have made Mixlr accounts and sub follow or subscribe to the channel, then whenever I, apparently I hit the word broadcast, you will get a notification. Uh, and if you happen to be free at that time, you're welcome to listen to live as well. But that depends on the internet connection. Otherwise, I would uh, just upload uh, the bayan, inshallah. So tonight's topic is the du'as of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and several other prophets from Quran Kareem. And this is a topic that I call du'as for hard times. Uh, and this is something that is important because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
afflicted very hard times on all of the Prophets and also and especially on Sayyidina Rasulullah and so perhaps that those du'as in which we see the most of the humanity and humility of the Anbiya is in the du'as that Allah subhanahu wa guided them and inspired them and taught them to pray to Him during hard times. So before we even come to that, I want to talk a little bit about this concept of hard times in Qur'an al-Kareem. So Allah subhanahu wa says in Qur'an al-Kareem in Surah 31, and whatever reaches any whatsoever afflicts, literally means reaches, reaches and afflicts any one of you all believers, min musibatin, from any kind of difficulty whatsoever. Alright? So those of you who know Arabic, when I'm saying and whatsoever, that's the translation of ma, reaches and afflicts each and every single one of you, each and every single one of you believers, that is kum, min musibatin, from any kind of hardship, difficulty whatsoever, that is the translation of the tanween on the musibah, for any kind of hardship, trial, tribulation, difficulty, adversity, sadness, depression, hostility, enmity, failure, setback. فَبِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ Then it is due to the sabab, the cause of all the things that you have earned through the commission of your own actions perpetrated by your own hands. Alright? So this is a universe. And this, this is repeated many different places in Quran al-Karim. So this is the first universal rule. However, the exception to this is the Anbiya al-Mursaleen alayhim as-salam ajma'in. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent masaib, difficulties, trials, adversity on the prophets alayhim as-salam ajma'in more than any and every and all of humanity, but it was not due to anything that they committed with their own action or due to their own deeds or due to what their, literally speaking, hands have committed. Right, so their situation is different. Why were the Masai sent upon them? It was part of their nabuwa, part of the manifestation, the izhar of their nabuwa, part of Allah SWT utilizing the lives and the teachings and the words and the feelings of the Anbiya to be guides for humanity. So, in other words, because humanity non-prophetic humanity has the capacity to sin and will sin and due to their sins they will earn and attract difficulties and trial and adversity upon them so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he wants and wanted and always wants the Anbiya, the Prophet to be the exemplars and guides and models for humanity. So Allah Ta'ala put the Anbiya through the same process of Musibah, but not due to any sins that they did, but on his own due to his own will and wish, so that the way the Prophet would respond and react and how they would behave and deal with those difficulties could guide us, humanity, and their human followers on how we should also deal with such adversity. Right? That's one reason. A second reason the Messiah came on the Anbiya, which is, again, the reason is not due to any sins that they did, is to raise and exalt their darajat in the law, to raise and exalt their rank 
and their qurb and their nearness and proximity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright. So for us, however, this is the verse that applies to us, uh, and that is that whatever difficulty is afflicting us is due to something that we perpetrated or committed with our own actions. And Allah actually pardons you from much of what you did. What does this mean? That many times we as human beings will do something that's wrong. But Allah will overlook that, pardon that, will not send a musibah because of that. Alright, but sometimes, and this is known only best to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sometimes He will choose to send a musibah on us. So the first teaching then is obviously that we must turn to Allah ta'ala in istighfar, in seeking forgiveness, in making tawbah, in making repentance, in islah, in rectifying and correcting our affairs, in a'mal al-saleh, in increasing in our virtuous deeds and good actions. And that is the real means that we must adopt in any time of hardship, difficulty, and adversity. Okay, now another verse. This is Surah Baqarah, Surah 2, verse 156. Allah gives us the first guidance what to do when we are afflicted in these hard times. الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَسَابَتْهُمْ مُسِيبَتٌ قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ So those whom hardship and adversity afflicts, each and every one of them profess from the bottom of their heart. So I'm going to translate Kalu, not that they said with their tongues. They profess and exclaim from the depth of their heart and being. And they attest and affirm to the ultimate reality of, which is a reality greater than any musibah, any difficulty that they're going through temporally in this world. They remember a universal reality about themselves which transcends the temporal reality of whatever temporary difficulty they're going through. And what do they express and exclaim from the depth of their hearts and being? Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un That indeed we are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we will return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Means our origin and our destination is all based on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We live for the sake of Allah ta'ala. We were created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We were sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or you know, we, were, we were created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this earth. Allah ta'ala decreed for us to live this life on earth. Allah ta'ala decreed in our taqdeer X, Y, Z, different difficulties and setbacks in our life. And ultimately it's to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He and to Him alone that each and every one of us will return. So it's a notion that there's a broader issue here, right? That it's not just that I need to solve this difficulty or address this problem or somehow find a way out of this adversity. There's a broader thing, much more of concern to me than any musiba, any difficulty, worldly difficulty I'm in, is my relationship with Allah Ta'ala. Is what, am I going to have a difficult meeting with Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala? Is there any flaw or lapse in my relationship with Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala? These are the things. That happens when a person says, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Okay. Then, so the first thing is to express this with our tongue, but like I said, express it and feel it with our heart. The next teaching in Quran Al-Karim, Alright. Now, 
it means it had an original also meaning in its original historical revelation. The general teaching is that Allah Ta'ala is going to test us, put us in ibtila and balwa. And will keep doing so until and unless and in order that he may learn and discern and sort out and sift who are the mujahideen from us. Who are those who are willing to struggle in the face of adversity. And this is a very difficult thing to do. Because in human nature, is that when you're afflicted or tried by adversity, you don't want to struggle, you want to collapse. This is the standard human reaction. To just absolutely collapse, to give up, to become hopeless, right? To lose your strength and ability. So Allah SWT is giving us an ashara in Qur'an al-Kareem here that no, whenever you're tested by the difficulty, you have to make mujahada. You have to strive, you have to struggle, you have to persevere. Alright. Then, another verse in Qur'an al-Kareem. Allah SWT says, مَا أَصَابَ مِن مُصِيبَةٍ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ That there is no trial, test, difficulty, adversity that afflicts you that can afflict except with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whomsoever has absolute iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that my, I have absolute belief, certain faith and conviction in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and therefore I know absolutely that Allah ta'ala wants to see me in this situation. Allah ta'ala has placed me in this situation. There must be some reason why I'm in this situation. Yahdi kalbahu, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He, Allah, will guide the heart, the spiritual heart of such a person. Which person? Who has iman and yaqeen in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and has iman and yaqeen in the fact that whatever musibah, difficulty they're in is due to the wish of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah will guide them. Now guide them means Allah may guide them to the way to resolve it, the way out of it. Means Allah will guide them through His tender mercy and console them and give them a sakina during it. Wallahu bikulli shay'in alim, and indeed Allah Ta'ala is all knowing about everything. He knows best the entirety of our circumstances, our situation. Okay. Then another verse in Quran Karim. Allah Subhanahu says in Quran Surah Shifalahu Illahu. So this is first addressed in the Singular you. And if indeed anything afflicts, literally means touches, anything befalls you, singular. If Allah Ta'ala makes anything harmful f- befall you, singular, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, فَلَكَا شِفَلَهُ إِلَّهُ There is no being who can remove that except for Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. So we also realize that on the one hand, yes, we may have to make use of some asbab to resolve the matter, to repel the difficulty, to repel the evil. But ultimately, in the ultimate level of reality, falaka shafalahu illahu, that there is no being who can remove that from us except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The same thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah 13, verse 107. Same thing. If any uh, hardship befalls you, if Allah ta'ala makes any hardship befall you, that no one can remove it, no being can remove it except for Him. 
And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intends for you, originally it's you, singular Prophet, any khair, any goodness to bestow, any blessing, any khair, there is nothing that can then repel lifazlihi. Nothing can return and repel Allah Ta'ala's fuzzle, His grace and generosity on a believer when Allah Ta'ala intends to bestow that grace and fuzzle on a believer. And Allah Ta'ala will make that fuzzle reach whomsoever He wishes min ibadihi from all of His servants and creatures and slaves. And He Allah Ta'ala is all forgiving. All merciful. Alright. These were some verses so far. Then Allah Ta'ala mentioned, and we did this when we did the tafsir, Surah Baqarah Surah 2 verse 214. Masat Masat So this person can be afflicted so much that ultimately they will call out Mata Nasrullahi that when will the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala come? No, indeed, that the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is imminent. It is near. It is about to come. That another verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Quran al-Kareem says, and we did this also in the tafsir, And Allah ta'ala Himself knows best about who your enemies are. And Allah ta'ala alone is sufficient as your wali, as your protector and guardian against those enemies. And Allah ta'ala alone is sufficient for you as a helper against those enemies. Then in Surah Al Imran, Surah 3, verse 173, the, again we explain this already in the Tafsir series, Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil. So, what is the statement we should say, a sentence we should recite, a feeling we should feel in times of difficulties? Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil, that Allah Ta'ala is sufficient for us and He is the best wakil, He is the best guardian and protector over us in any of these times of adversity. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Imran, Surah 3120. So the key part is here is, in tasbiru, If you are patient and you endure and you persevere, and you adopt taqwa, you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their plotting and planning and scheming cannot harm you shay'an in the slightest in any matter at all. In Allah and Allah subhanahu knowledge is all-encompassing over everything that they do. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in another place in Quran, mentions a very beautiful teaching. That 
that who is it who will reply and answer to the mudtar? So the mudtar is the person who is in dire, straitened circumstances, who is surrounded with no way out, who is in a place of hopelessness and loss and helplessness. Who will answer such a person? When they make dua to them. And will remove from them the evil that is afflicting them. Yani it means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are now uh, basically these verses that we should remember and think about whenever any difficulty comes upon us. So some key teachings to repeat again for us. Number one was, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Number two was to make mujahada and to have sabr when any difficulty comes upon us. Number three was that to know that that difficulty has come upon us because of our own deeds. So to make istighfar and tawbah and to make islah and to do a'mal salih Number four is to have absolute iman and yaqeen that whatever difficulties has come upon us is with the permission of Allah Ta'ala. And if we have that iman and yaqeen that Allah Ta'ala will send His hidayah on our spiritual heart. Number five, that we can also recite this, فَلَا كَاشِفَ لَهُ إِلَّهُ فَلَا كَاشِفَ لَهُ إِلَّهُ That no one can remove this adversity difficulty except for Him, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. فَلَا كَاشِفَهُ إِلَّهُ Right? And then Allah Subhanahu Wa also said that He can send His fuzzle on us, on whomsoever He wants from His ibad, rahim, and He is all forgiving and all merciful. So sometimes in times of difficulties, this can also be recited. rahim, rahim, rahim. Then if a person feels that the adversity, difficulty is drawn out and has gone on for a very long time, then they can recite, Mata Nasrullahi ala inna Nasrullahi kareeb. Mata Nasrullahi ala inna Nasrullahi kareeb. And then if a person feels that they are suffering this musibah because of some enmity, so they can recite, Wallahu a'lamu bi'a'da'ikum wa kafa billahi waliyyum wa kafa billahi nasira. Then a person can also recite Hasbunallahu wa ni'mal wakil Hasbunallahu wa ni'mal wakil Hasbunallahu wa ni'mal wakil Then a person should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Maybe they pray Salatul Hajjah Maybe they just make general dua Maybe they pray Salatul Tawbah Maybe they make Sayyidul Istighfar But the point is to make a lot of duas to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so these are all the different ways to respond with humility at a time of adversity and difficulty. Okay, now let's look at some of the du'as of the Anbiya alayhim as-salam ajma'in. So first is the du'a of Nabi Musa alayhi salam. Nabi Musa alayhi salam. So he made du'a to Allah Ta'ala what for him was a time of difficulty, outwardly apparently, was when Allah subhanahu wa commanded him that he has to go to Fir'aun and do da'wah and invite Fir'aun to belief in the one and only God to tawheed to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so he made du'a to Allah ta'ala what? Rabbi shrahli sadri that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expand my breast means give me hilm give me zarf give me forbearance give me capacity give me you know strength wa yassir li amri and make this matter an affair of mine. 
that I'm being sent as a Nabi and Dai to such a person. Make this easy for me. Grant ease in this matter and affair of mine. And third, Wahlul uqtatam min lisani. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remove the knot that is on my tongue. And if you remember this from your history, that Sayyidina Musa Islam had spoke with a slight slur. Right? Yafkahu qawli. So that my call may be more eloquent. And so this is very humble. Otherwise a person would think that Allah Ta'ala has made me a Nabi, I'm a prophet, I'm chosen, I will go and I have the truth and I will invite and I'll make dawah. So this is, you know, sometimes people of dawah, you know, it, it, it creeps up on a person, a certain arrogance, a certain vanity, a certain conceit, a certain self-righteousness. So let's look at Sayyidina Musa salam. That is not there in him at all. There's no sense of arrogance here. There's no sense of self-righteousness here. There's no sense that yes, I am in the right and I'm the Prophet and I will definitely go to Fir'aun and of course I will explain to Fir'aun. No, Rabbi Shrahli Sadri Wa Yassirli Amri Wahlul Uqdatam Min Lisani Yafkahu Qawli and it's also, so that's the humility. And it's also humanity in the sense that Nabi Musa Islam realizes. Not a superhuman, he's a human. He realizes the difficulty of this task. He realizes that he needs Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's only one super being, there's only one supreme power, and that's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's, so that's an also what it means to be human. And this is again a problem that some of us, whether we're in dawah or ilm or whatever the field may be, or due to worldly accomplishment or riches or, you know, whatever, uh, we develop this vanity and conceit and arrogance in us, almost like a sense of entitlement due to some level of accomplishment and that's not there at all in the Anbiya there's no sense of entitlement here due to being accomplished as a chosen prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this is the dua of Nabi Musa hmm? and you know that many you, all of you would have, many of you would have heard this dua many times and this is a dua that is taught also that this dua sh- it is taught also by the tradition that this dua should be recited uh, whenever a person is involved in any effort of deen especially dawah of deen khidmat of deen okay so this is a very important dua then uh, another dua which we did was the Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un That indeed we are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to Allah ta'ala is our return We are for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We exist for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to Allah ta'ala is our return Now one way is to recite this as a dhikr as a statement of fact and one way is to recite this as a dua What does that mean? So when we recite these ayat Qur'aniya as du'as, one aspect of that is that, Ya Allah, I know this is true in terms of my aqidah, in my belief, in my creed. I know this statement is true. I know the reality being referred to by the statement that I am my whole existence is for your sake and to you is my return. But right now I'm shaken up. Right now because of this difficulty, this adversity, I'm losing sight of this reality. I'm weak. I'm 
focusing on worldly things. I'm getting sad because of worldly things and I'm forgetting. So I'm going to recite this over and over to myself as a dua. And what is my dua? That Allah Ta'ala make this the reality of my heart. Make this the reality of my being. Make this the dominant uh, the dominant knowledge in my consciousness, what? Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. This is why it's recited repeatedly. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. So the meaning and feeling and important impact of that sentence, of that ayah of Quran becomes ghalib, dominates and becomes dominant and overpowers and overwhelms the heart and soul of that being as opposed to the musibah, the difficulty, the sadness, the depression, the hostility becoming dominant in their heart and soul and being and overwhelming them. All right? Because if they allow that musibah, that difficulty, that adversity to overwhelm them, then they may fall into depression, they may fall into apathy, they may lose heart, they may lose hope, they may become distant from Allah Ta'ala, they may become distant from Deen. So this is a beautiful sentence and a very powerful sentence. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. Okay, then... We can also remember that Allah SWT has told us in Quran, وَقَالُوا رَبُّكُمْ مُدْعُونِ أَسْتَجِبْ لُكُمْ That your Rabb has said, Ud'uni, make dua to me, أَسْتَجِبْ لُكُمْ I will answer the call and grant the dua for each and every one of you. Alright? And so this gives us hope then. So maybe we begin we begin with some sentences like Inna Lillahi wa Inna Ilayhi Rajun or Hasbunallahu wa Naimul Wakil or La Kashifalahu Illahu. Right? These sentences that I mentioned in the beginning or Wallahu Atlamu bi Adaikum wa Kafabillahi Waliyum wa Kafabillahi Nasila. Okay, and then when we mention these sentences, then the second thing is we should remind ourselves that Allah Ta'ala accepts dua. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts dua. So we did one before. Or we can recite this ayah. And then, and then, so then, what should dominate our consciousness is that I may feel that there's no way out, I'm hopeless, there's no one to help me, I have no friend, I have no helper, I have no protector, I have no ally, I have no companion, I have no one who believes me, I have no one who's with me. But then we recite these two verses, we know we have Allah Ta'ala with us. Allah Ta'ala is there for us. He is our companion. He is our friend. He is our helper. He is our protector. He is our garden. He is all-knowing. He is all-aware. He wants us to make dua to Him. He will answer and reply and grant all the duas we make to Him. So then recite these verses until this becomes the hal. This becomes our understanding. And then we can turn and make dua to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Turn and make dua to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. So, example of what we did, for example, earlier in the series, the du'a of Nabi Yunus salam, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-dhalameen. So Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in an authentic hadith narrated by Imam al-Tirmidhi al-Mulatana sunan the Prophet said that the du'a of my brother the noon, in Nabi Yunus sallallahu the du'a, so this sentence again was described as a du'a. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-dhalameen. That this du'a, 
No Muslim, no believer will call upon Allah Ta'ala with that dua for any situation whatsoever except that Allah Ta'ala Most High, Allah Ta'ala the Exalted will answer their dua, will grant their dua. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntum min Now if you think about it here, there's no dua technically, if you look at the word for word translation, and we did this already in the series, is there's no actual asking for anything. It's just professing the tuhid and oneness of Allah subhanahu La ilaha illa ant. It's professing the tasbih, glorification of Allah subhanahu subhanaka. It's acknowledging our own errors, inni kuntum min but that itself is a dua. Because Allah ta'ala knows, remember, He's al-alim, is al-khabir. He knows your situation, He knows your difficulty, He knows how hurt you are, He knows how desperate you need His help, He knows that you need a way out, He knows that you need this thing resolved, He knows all of that. He knows, you don't even have to say that to Allah subhanahu ta'ala. He knows all of that. Nabi Yunus Hassan didn't say, he didn't say, La ilaha illa anta subhanak inni kuntu minadalameen and then say, Oh ya Allah, remove me from the whale. Oh Allah, rescue me from the situation. Oh Allah, cast me back into shore. Oh Allah, I promise if you remove me from the whale and cast me back to the shore, I will go back to you and make da'wah again. Nothing. Because Allah knows all of that. Allah knows all of that. He just had said, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu minadalameen. Again, this is their humility. Again, this is their humanity. Hmm? And part of their humility was sometimes they didn't ask Allah Ta'ala for things specifically. And this is also the beauty in our relationship with Allah Ta'ala. This is why Allah Subhanahu Ya Ya'lamuma tukhfis sudur. He knows what you conceal in your breasts so it can be taken positively. He knows the du'as. He knows your needs. He knows your yearnings. He knows your longings. And, and we... I think I can't remember, but when we did this, when we did the du'a of Nabi Yunus Laisam in the series, earlier in the series, فَسَجَبْنَا لَهُ مَنْ نَجَيْنَهُ مِنَ الْغَمِّ وَكَذَلَكَ نُنْجِلْ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And we replied, and we granted him salvation and emancipation from the sorrow that he was in and the distress that he was in, and thus exactly in a like manner. Allah Ta'ala says that we, Allah Ta'ala, will grant salvation and succor and najat to the mu'mineen, the believers. Alright? So that's even Allah Ta'ala is mentioning in Qur'an the power that this sentence will have for the believers. Now it comes in a hadith. And this hadith has been narrated by Imam Bukhari, Allah Ta'ala, and Imam Muslim, Allah Ta'ala, that Sayyidina Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Wasallam, when he was afflicted with it in hard times and distress, he would make a particular dua. La ilaha illallahu al-alimul halim. La ilaha illallahu rabbul arshil azim. La ilaha illallahu rabbul samawati wa rabbul ardi. Rabbul arshil kareem. So again, the Prophet is not asking anything in this dua. Allah Ta'ala knows everything. Simply attesting again to the tawheed, la ilaha illallah. To the fact that Allah is Al-Alim, He knows every single thing. And that Allah is Al-Halim. Allah Ta'ala, uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala withholds His punishment, even while entitled to do so. Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala forgives our sins, even though He is fully entitled to punish us for them. This is Al-Halim. Then again, Tawheed, La ilaha illa illallahu. And then Nabi Akrim Sallallahu glorifying Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, magnifying Allah Ta'ala by referring to Him as Rabbul Arshil Adeem. Allah Ta'ala is the Rabb. He is the being who is nourishing and caretaking everything under the canopy of His Arsh, means all of creation and all of the universe. Then again, Tawheed La ilaha illallah. 
then again mentioning at a more closer level. So one is Al-Arsh Al-Azim, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Rabb of everything in the universe. Then second, Rabb Samawat, Allah ta'ala is the Rabb of everything in the firmaments and the skies and the heavens. And third, Rabbul Ardi, and Allah ta'ala is the Rabb of the ground that I walk on. And finally, Rabbul Arsh Al-Kareem, that Allah ta'ala is the Rabb of the Arsh Al-Kareem. Right? So the first was Adim. And the second is Kareem. So you can imagine Arsh Al-Azim is symbolic, and I explained this earlier in the Tafsir series, of this canopy, of this vantage point through which Allah subhanahu wa focuses on creation. Right? And Al-Kareem is referring to the fact that Allah Ta'ala's entire engagement with creation is through Kareem, is through like the shade of His grace and generosity and love and beneficence. Another hadith narrated by Imam Tirmidhi in his Sunan that the Prophet whenever he was afflicted with a deep stressful trial he would say Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum Bi Rahmatika Astaghith Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum Bi Rahmatika Astaghith So two particular attributes of Allah SWT Ya Hayyu that O oh, being who is all alive, the embodiment of life itself. Yaqayyum, that being who is self-subsisting, everlasting, and through whom any and every member of creation has any and all subsistence. Birahmatika astaghith, I seek help, astaghith, I seek help. Birahmatika, by means of your mercy. By your mercy I seek your help. So this is invoking Allah Subhanahu rahma. And that the rahmah is ever present in Allah subhanahu because his hay. And that rahmah is the means by which everything is being sustained in his time. Ya qayyum. Ya hayyu ya qayyum. Bi rahmatika astaghith. Then in Surah Al-Qasr, Surah 28, verse 24, Dua of Nabi Musa alayhi salam. So Nabi Musa alayhi salam made dua, Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin fakir. That, oh my Rabb, indeed me... I am desperately, utterly, absolutely, entirely needy and dependent on any hair whatsoever that you may choose to descend upon me. Hmm? Descend, send down towards me. Allah Akbar. This is the humility of Musa. Any hair, any hair, I am needy and dependent of it. Alright? Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin fakir. Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin fakir. So this is the humility, not even asking for a particular khair, not asking for the particular need in the particular time of difficulty, just turning to Allah Ta'ala generally in complete submission that Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala, I'm needy of any khair, any khair that you can send upon me. Right? Then, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam used to make a dua, and this is narrated by Ibn Hibban in his Sahih. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altu sahla. That, O oh Allah, there is nothing easy except that which you make easy. Wa anta taj'alul hazna idha shi'ta sahla. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you want, you can make the most difficult things easy. Then in a hadith in Abu Dawood, Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he told Asma bint Umair radiallahu anha. She narrates that the Prophet he said to me, Shall I not teach you some words which you can say at times of distress? 
And one other narration of Hadith says that this sentence should be said seven times. What? Allah, Allahu Rabbi. Allah, Allahu Rabbi. La ushriku bihi shay'a. Allah, Allahu Rabbi. Allah, Allah is my Rabb. La ushriku bihi shay'a. I do not associate any kind of partners with him. Hmm? So this is a zikr, a dua that can be said seven times. Allah, Allahu Rabbi. La ushriku bihi shay'a. And the first uh, two kalimat of this hadith are also the proof that it's permissible to make a dua. Allahu, Allah, Allahu, Allah, Allahu, Allah. Allahu, Allahu Rabbi. La ushriku bihi shay'a. Then another dua. Uh, That Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to make. It's also mentioned in authentic hadith. Allahumma inni as'aluka ta'jila afiyatik. That O Allah Ta'ala, I ask you to speedily send upon me your afiyah, your succor, your kindness, your help. Wadafa'a bala'ik. And that Allah Ta'ala, you remove from me all the difficulties and adversities that may have overwhelmed me. And literally it means that an exit from this world towards your mercy. So that is a type of dua that somebody would make in an extreme situation, right? In a situation of extreme distress and hardship. So these are some of the du'as that the Anbiya made and that Sayyidina Rasulullah made. So again, I'm just going to repeat the announcements here in the middle uh, that I said in the beginning. Uh, is that tonight is the last live broadcast. I will make it Mixalar on this time. And inshallah, because we'll be traveling now. And then while we travel, we'll from time to time record and upload audios. And we may even sometimes try to live broadcast some on the Mixalar channel. And if you want to get those notifications about those audios being uploaded, then you just have to go to the website, uh, islamicspiritualite.org, and click to join or get the link to join the WhatsApp groups. And then inshallah, the links to those audios will be posted there. Now I want to turn to some special du'as of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. Four very special du'as that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam used to make and that we should try to make uh, sincerely and repeatedly in this month of Ramadan. Because month of Ramadan is the month of du'as. Uh, So these are Sayyid al-Istighfar, then the dua to be recited with Salat al-Hajjah, then the dua to be recited after Salat al-Istighara, and finally the dua that Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam made at Taif. So these are four very, very special du'as and of our beloved Nabi Akareem wasallam. The first Sayyid al-Istighfar. So the Prophet referred to this dua as the king of istighfar. The best way, the best dua with which to seek the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ma'anta rabbi la ilaha illa ant. That oh Allah, you are my Rabb. And there is no God except for you. 
right? So this is again beginning with Tawheed. And not just the expression of Tawheed, but your personal connection with Allah SWT, that He is your Rabb. Means you're saying, what you're basically saying here, what we're saying is Allah Ta'ala, you are my Rabb, you are my one and only. There is no one in my life at the level of Rabb and Allah except for you. You are my one and only. Alright? Khalaktani, and you are also my Khalak, and you created me. I am merely your creation. Wa'ana abduk, and I am your servant and slave and creature. Wa'ana ala ahdik, and I am on the pledge and covenant wa wa'dik, and the promise that you have bestowed upon me. Mustatatu, as long and to the extent that I am capable. Awdhibika bin sharrima sanatu. O oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from the evil of what I've committed. Abu'ulaka bi-ni'matika. All the while I acknowledge your uh, bounties and blessings alayya upon me. Wa abu'ulaka bi And I also accept and acknowledge my sin. Faghfir li. Therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, please forgive me. Fa'innuhu la yaghfiru dhunuba illa ant. And indeed, who is it? Right? Indeed, there is none who can forgive sins, none who do forgive sins, except for you. So this is the humility that we're acknowledging Allah Ta'ala's bounties. This is, this is the preface to acknowledging that we sin. We're accepting that our act of sinning wasn't just an act of disobedience, but it was an act of wretched ungratefulness. Because you sent so many blessings and bounties and graces and favors upon us, and we chose to sin anyway. So that is so wretched and ungrateful of us. Us. So that's why we first say this Abu Ulaka Binatika Alaya wa Abu Ulaka Bizambi. So basically we are expressing to Allah Ta'ala, I accept the horror of my sin. The horror that I could sin even though you are my Rabb and you created me and I'm your Abd and you send your name on me, but nonetheless I still sinned. So that is a beautiful way. That that's the humility in it. That's a deep etraf. That's a deep acknowledgement and acceptance of one's sins. And then when when asks Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, "Fir li," that oh Allah forgive me. Now, technically speaking, the grammatical form there, Fagfili is the imperative form. Strictly, it's as if you're commanding Allah subhanahu wa But obviously, a human being cannot command Allah subhanahu wa So, what's the difference when we say Astaghfirullah as opposed to when we say? So what's happening is when a person is so desperate, it's even more desperation than astaghfirullah, that we're saying out of absolute desperation and need plaintively, oh, just forgive me, just forgive me, just forgive me. So just think about uh, let me try to do it for you in English, you get a feeling of the difference. I ask your forgiveness, astaghfirullah, I ask your forgiveness. Astaghfiruka, I ask your forgiveness. Astaghfiruka, I ask your forgiveness. Fakfirli, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. You can feel the difference now. So Fagfirli is even a more deep, deeply profound, plaintive plea, begging cry to Allah Ta'ala to forgive us. And because a person is so desperate, they end up using this imperative form, command form. Not that they have any authority or right to command Allah SWT, but that's how desperate they are. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Hmm? And indeed, no one can forgive sins except for you. No one can forgive his sins except for you. 
So very important du'a. We should try to make it in morning. We should try to make it in evening. Generally, we should want not any day of our life to be empty of this du'a. But certainly in Ramadan, we would not want any day to be empty or bereft or absent of this du'a. Second is Salatul Hajjah. Inshallah, I know uh, because the internet was a bit off, so we will inshallah try to upload this and just send you this audio on WhatsApp in a simple audio file as you know as soon as possible as we can immediately after the talk ends tonight. Inshallah. Second du'a, du'a of Salatul Hajjah. So this is a teaching that Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught us that when you have a need, now we always have needs, we're always in a state of need, but when you have a very special, particular, deep need and you want to present that need to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, so then you should make wudu, face the Kaaba, towards the Qibla, right? And pray two rakahs, nafil salah, and then make this dua. La ilaha ill, again, always starting with Tawheed. La ilaha illallahul halimul kareem. That there is no deity, no God except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is al-halim, who is all-forbearing. Al-kareem is all-generous, all-gracious. Subhanallahi rabbil arshil adeem. So we explained this to you before in early du'a. Glory be to Allah ta'ala, pure and immaculate. He is above and beyond my sins. He is above and beyond answering and fulfilling my needs. Rabbil arshil adeem. He is the rub of the arshil adeem. But he's also my rub. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen And all praise Only and only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Who is Rabb of the Alameen Who is the nurturer, nurturer, caretaker, sustainer Of all of the created worlds Allahumma inni as'aluka mujibati rahmatik Allah ta'ala I ask all of those things That will lead me uh, to your mercy Wa aza'ima maghfiratik And your forgiveness and I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you bestow upon me the wealth that I get to do every virtuous deed and I ask that you grant me sanctity and safety and free me from ever committing every sin any and every sin I ask Allah that you leave no sin of mine unforgiven and that you leave no uh, worry or grief of mine except that you relieve it and then that you there, and you don't leave any need of mine such a need that you are rather you are pleased with that need except that you fulfill that need of mine Ya Rahmin O most merciful of the merciful ones O most merciful of the merciful ones so again, this is a beautiful du'a where a person is expressing their need to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah expressing their feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, describing their relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and plaintively asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to fulfill their need. Then du'a vistakhara, right? Now du'a vistakhara can be made when we want to have, when we have to make a particular decision, and also can be generally made if you're struggling with indecisiveness, or generally made that Every day, even some of the ulama and mashaykh used to pray this salah and make this dua every day so that every major and minor decision they may happen to make in that day could have khair in it, that Allah Ta'ala could put barak in it. Allahumma inni astakhiruka bi ilmika, Allah, I seek khair from you. 
I seek the wisdom of what is virtue and good and best for me bi'ilmika by means of your knowledge because my knowledge is fallible my knowledge is limited your knowledge is infallible your knowledge is unlimited you will always know better than I can ever know what is khair what is virtue and good and best for me and I seek that power of yours, the decision and decree of yours by means of your power. And I ask you by means of your tremendous bounty and virtue. Because Allah said in Quran Al-Karim, And He's also said in Quran Al-Karim, فَإِنَّكَ تَقْدُرُ وَلَا أَقْدِرُ You have power and decree and I don't. وَتَعْلَمُ وَلَا أَعْلَمُ And you have the complete knowledge and you know and I don't. وَأَنْتَ أَلَّامُ الْغُيُوبِ And I'll tell you, you are the all-knower, the deep-knower of everything that is unascertainable and unseen and hidden. And so the notion is that what we're saying is that for me on this particular matter and decision, what is care for me is hidden from me, it's unascertainable to me. Allahumma in kunta ta'lamu that oh Allah Ta'ala, if indeed you truly everlastingly know Anna had al Amra, you can say these words or if you want you can insert the matter, that this matter and affair, Khairulli is good for me, has virtue for me, is best for me, Fidini in terms of my deen, wa ma'ashi in terms of my life, wa akibati amri and the end of my affair means in my afterlife. So deen, dunya, akhirah. Fidini wa ma'ashi wa akibati amri. فَقْدُرْهُ لِي So decree it for me out of your power. وَيَسِّرْهُ لِي And make it easy for me. And it means make it easy for me to attain it. ثُمَّ بَارِكْ لِي فِي And put barakah. Put your blessings in it for me. وَإِن كُنْتَ تَعْلَمُ However, if you know in your everlasting knowledge that this matter or an affair or this particular side of the decision is evil for me. In terms of my deen, in terms of my life in this world, my living, and in terms of the end of my affair means my hereafter. Then Allah turn it away from me. Remove it from me. And turn me away from it. Means disincline my heart from it. Put it put it out of my reach and aver my heart from it. And Allah Ta'ala decree for me instead Al Khaira what is best Heithukana Thumma Ardini wherever that may be. And then Allah Ta'ala be happy with me, be uh, be pleased with me. Well this is a Dua Vistikara. Right? And even just the meaning of it, uh, even if somebody cannot pray or they're not a situation or they're not wudu, they can make the dua on its own even. Right? And it's a very worthwhile dua making to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And again, to repeat it so that it becomes the feelings of our heart, the hal of our being, the state of our mind, the depth of our consciousness. And finally is the dua that Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam made at Taif. Okay, and this is when he was returning back from Taif, and he was in a particular state, and he was turning to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Allah ma ilayka ashku zofakuwati. That Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, it literally means to you, O oh my Rabb, I complain of my weakness. So complaining means I present my weakness. Wakilatihilati and my lack of support. Wahawani alanas and the humiliation I have received. 
at, you know, with humanity. Ya Arhamar Rahimeen, O the most merciful of the merciful ones. Anta Arhamar Rahimeen, you are the most merciful of the merciful ones. Allahu Akbar. Ya Arhamar Rahimeen, Anta Arhamar Rahimeen. Anta Rabbul Mustadifeen, Anta Rabbi. That you are the Lord, you are the Rabb of the most weak, and you are my Rabb. And you are my Rabb. Ila man takilani, ila aduwin, that Allah Ta'ala, to whom have you left me? Right? To whom have you made a wakil over me? To whom have you left me? To an enemy? To an enemy who receives me with hostility? Or to an enemy that you have granted them power? Am ila aduwin malaktahu amri, that you have granted them power and sovereignty over my affair? But Allah, as long as your wrath is not upon me, you are not displeased with me, I do not care what happens with me. However, Allah Ta'ala, your afiyah, your happiness and your rescue and placing me in the shade of your protection and your grace is more also, is more expansive for me, is more consoling for me. Alright? Allah I seek refuge in the brilliance and luminance of the expression of your pleasure. Such a nur that can brighten every single thing, right? Uh, in the samawat and the ard. And can dispel all the darknesses. It's so bright. Right? And then it can, I seek refuge in such a nur that what? That you uh, rectify my matter in this dunya, amrul dunya wal akhirah, my matter in this dunya and in the akhirah. And I seek refuge that you never ever send down upon me your wrath and anger, and you never even make, literally, that you never make it halal, you never make me incur, you never make me the subject of your anger. Lakal utba, and to you, Allah Ta'ala, is the ultimate submission, hatta tarda, until you are pleased with me. And I had, there is no might and no power except with you and through you and with your support. So this is the dua that Nabi Kareem sallallahu made on the way back from Taif. So these are, and this is, shows the ultimate humility and of Nabi Kareem sallallahu At a time that Allah Ta'ala had charged him with this incredible responsibility of Nabuwa and the people of Makkah and the people of Quraysh and even his own family members, the overwhelming majority of them had rejected him and spurned him. Then he went to Taif and all the people of Taif rejected and spurned him. And now he was on his way back between these two places, leaving Taif, a community who in entirety rejected him, going back towards Makkah Makarma, a community who largely had rejected him. And he was worried. Right? So he presented his weakness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He presented the humiliation he had received Al-Nas at the hands of humanity and people in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He invoked Allah ta'ala's merciful nature. He invoked Allah ta'ala's rububiyyat that he's the rub of the weak and he's my rub. Right? And he asked Allah ta'ala that to whom are you passing me over? To an enemy? But then he said that it's fine as long as you're not angry with me. That I do not care a whim what happens to me. But he also ex- 
then expresses humility. But at the same time, if you were to shower your tender grace and afia upon me, that would be also that would be more expensive, more encompassing, a greater canopy for me to find shade under. And ultimately, what? I seek refuge in you, Allah subhanahu that you should never be displeased with me, that I should never be subject to your anger, and I will keep submitting to you until I earn your pleasure, and there is no might or power except with you. So this is all du'as that we should try to make and practice in the month of Ramadan. We make du'a that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the humility of the Anbiya alayhi May He mold our humanity according to their humanity. May He put the same feelings in our heart that were, that were the feelings in their hearts when they made these du'as. May He make us live and die upon such feelings. Wa akhirat da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.